Hi, and welcome to Night Clerk Radio. This is episode 13, Finding New Music. Burke and I have found some new music, and we're going to talk about how we find it. These particular albums, how we find albums in general, and then, of course, we're going to review them. And these are more upbeat, some would say even cheerful albums. A bit of a departure from our last episode, which uh, last two episodes, which were, you know, horror and dark and very brooding. But, you know, cheerful music can still be haunted. Don't you think, Burke? Absolutely. It's really just the caretaker. The horror video game music is, of course, like brooding and dark. But I think because it's kind of buffeted by playing this game, Mm -hmm. it's not as bad. But just, man, that's six hours of caretaker. This is polar (laughs) opposite, completely different direction. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, this is going to be the first time we're going to be talking about Future Funk. Mm-hmm. Really excited to talk about that. Before we introduce the albums, we should talk about how we found them. Because this episode idea was kind of your idea, Burke. So how, how did you come up with it? I wanted to talk about new albums. We've been doing a lot of classics, which are great. But there's always new music being created. And I, I didn't want to give people the impression that all Vaporwave haunted music was, was old. Mm-hmm. So I just picked out some artists that were recommended to us by Ronnie from Vaporspace. When he did the interview with us, we we sort of chatted new music and picked from that list. And it got me thinking of just how do you find new music? Because I think there's sort of misconceptions about the state of, of genres or music from people who are used to maybe only following Pop 100. Not that there's anything wrong with pop music, but it can give you a skewed example of, of what people are producing especially in this genre where it's very, very easy to home produce music. So mm-hmm. I thought we would just talk about sort of modern ways of, of finding music. Probably the first and foremost is I just use social media these days, like anybody else, Twitter, follow band accounts, follow catalog accounts, publishers, people who do news for this type of stuff. There's probably a subreddit for any genre that you mm-hmm. can think of. And yeah. I can start there. Yeah, the Vaporwave subreddit is actually one I've spent a lot of time on. And that's one of the places I go to to look for albums. If I'm interested in a particular genre, I'll search that genre name in that subreddit to see what kind of discussions are being had about it. And also just to see what's top, like what's been upvoted a lot, because that means there's some interest. There's some like people are talking about it or looking at it for some reason. So it's worth at least checking out. Reddit is a mixed bag, but the Vaporwave subreddit at least has some really good resources. Mm -hmm. Reddit is uh, like any social media. It's awful, but it's also (laughs) whatever you make of it. So this doesn't just apply to Vaporwave. There's very good jazz and dark ambient and Mm -hmm. just general ambient subreddits for any genre that you're interested in. You can probably Mm -hmm. go find Mm-hmm. at least a worth semi worthwhile discussion of it. And probably a very good discussion in reality. Yeah. The dark ambient I know uh, is not nearly as popular as the vaporwave one. Mm-hmm. Some reddits are more popular than others, but the vaporwave one is actually pretty big. It's a bunch of uh, like sub sub reddits of it, like vaporwave aesthetics and uh, vaporwave music producing and that kind of thing. So that is probably one area where vaporwave benefited from being a meme. And just sort of larger internet presence. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's true. It's 100% it. Yeah, because there's not really a central place to talk about. I mean, there, there's, of course, now there's Discord servers. And since, you know, Discord became a thing a couple of years ago. But like, there's not really like, here's where the cool kids are talking about this type of music that you like. And here's here's a good, well-moderated community. Finding a good moderated community is really hard, actually, sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have to be pretty discerning to find that sometimes. Of course, that's not the only social media 
well, not just social media too. Of course, Bandcamp is the one that we yeah. used more than anything else. How do you use Bandcamp? How do you use that to find music? Not very well, usually my answer. <laughs> um, it wasn't really until this podcast sort of inspired me to be more up to date on music. Because I was obviously fairly current in like the early 2010s, then kind of fell off. Now I'm trying to get get back into it and not find mm-hmm. out about things nine months too late. Mm-hmm. But Bandcamp has a very sort of comprehensive tagging feature that's you know a great place to start is just look for stuff that's tagged mm-hmm. vaporwave or future funk or dark mm-hmm. ambient and you can also start with just here's an album i like what are the tags for that album i like and just start clicking through them yeah you can then look at say oh all this stuff i like is on the same label so we talked about a lot cryo chamber mm-hmm. is you know you can always poke through their stuff but there's there's plenty of other labels producers album catalogs that you can dig into mm-hmm. and then if you really want to be a little more sure you can sort of you can sort by sales or download numbers and just kind of look at what everybody's into and make sure you're not getting just some random i called this vaporwave because i ripped the simpsons wave youtube video and just put it up <laughs> on Bandcamp. you know like you're actually getting stuff people want if you explore a tag you also come to like the the way Bandcamp is sort of organized is it has a way to explore new and notable. So like ones that are getting a lot of downloads in a relatively short amount of time. You can also sort by the most popular of all time in a given genre tag mm-hmm. or, or in a tag, not just, you know, genre or what are the newest releases? So I, I use all three to look at different albums and see uh, they also have a lot of little capsule reviews in these like listeners will like oh i really like this track for blah 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 right next to the album name so that can be pretty enticing one thing to keep in mind these tags are self-described like they're self-assigned i should say by the artist so particularly with some albums they're there they you may think of them as vaporwave but if the artist doesn't think of them as vaporwave they may not show up <laughs> yeah don't don't forget to look through associated tags like plunder phonics or you know just electronic or ambient like dark ambient like there's a lot of ambient albums that you would really think of as dark ambient, but they just say ambient. So, and vice versa. So I see a lot of vaporwave tagged as lobby music now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or there'll be albums that are mall soft, but not mall soft and vaporwave. Be aware of that. It's also kind of annoying. You can't search by two tags at once. Mm-hmm. I know that Bandcamp, you can like put a creative commons license on it on an album but as a podcast producer which i look for a lot it doesn't like let you search for creative commons and this genre but that's more of it that, that, that's probably not going to be an issue for everybody no i think that's a very specific to to you but it is good to know that you can still search multiple tags through google yeah you that's put like bandcamp.com and put tags into the search and it'll mm-hmm. help yeah, that's kind of what I've had to do for the Creative Commons Vaporwave. Getting into larger sites, we also have YouTube. There are multiple genres of music mixes of every genre of music imaginable. Some of with, especially the Vaporwave ones, will have video like playing on it, not just like album covers. Mm-hmm. One thing I will do is I only listen to mixes that have the track listing. Yep. And also with YouTube, you can also like put like time codes on it. So like at 438, this song starts and 11, you know, 17, this song starts. And if I'm listening to a mix, I'm like, oh, man, this track really fucking rocks. I'll figure out what song it is. And then I'll look up that artist to see what else they've done. You need to listen to those mixes and be aware of like, just remember to do that to figure out what is really going to. Ah, this is this is the discovery. I've made this discovery. (laughs) 
Is that something you do? Yeah, mixes are are great. I was definitely going to um, mention that, so I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I use YouTube largely for education. So we talked again about how Crowd Chamber has a very active YouTube and are always promoting new stuff. Mm-hmm. But there are really cool channels that even maybe if they don't fall under the purview of finding new music, they can point you in in directions you hadn't thought of before. So like, I like Pat Chennington's channel a lot, which are like video essays about sort of vaporwave and, and niche music that yeah. can introduce you to things. There are some video essayists who do talk about music and vaporwave. Cryo Chamber also, they'll put a lot of sample tracks out of uh, their new releases. Mm-hmm. They also do mixes of songs on their out label, but they also have a uh, 24-7 music stream. So if you need dark ambient radio, there you go. I know whenever it's late at night, I'm like, well, I need to be slightly creeped out while I write. So I'll just put on some cryo chamber radio, essentially. Nice. Yeah. I do occasionally check like other sites. I like Metafilter and the Something Awful forums. I am. Hmm. And I have gone there to search to see if what people said about Vaporwave and Dark Ambient. Not not too often, you know, maybe a couple times in the last year. And I haven't really messed with Discord. I've joined a few Vaporwave ones that were linked to on the Vaporwave subreddit, but I haven't really used them because they were like a, a thousand people in them. So yeah, just, but they had really good emoji. So that was nice. I was I was going to ask you about Discord because I think you're on a lot more random discords than I am. Yeah. So the only other thing I, I really can think of is sort of the obvious one for this episode is word of mouth. These artists and albums we really know about because Ronnie told us. And in general, like mm-hmm. connecting with other people in the scene is probably the most up to date way, because I think one of these albums was not even out yet when he recommended it to us mm-hmm. like you can't get a fresher recommendation than something that's still in development <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah that would be the best way is to go on social media and just talk and ask uh, artists or uh, people whose opinion you respect and like or also see what they're d- discussing just go to pat jennington's twitter and see what he's talking about oh you know what macintosh plus sorry vectroid uh she's on twitch several nights a week live streaming her music creation and playing video games and that kind of thing. So you could hang out on Twitch and listen to her chat about music or ask chat what vaporwave you would want to, Oh, you should listen to next. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody out there listening has their own better solutions, let us know. Hit us Mm -hmm. up on Twitter. I would love to know their new, better, even better ways to find new music. But with that, we should move on to our first album. That was uh, Stay Tuned, track one of Extra Breezy by Bonus Points. Like I mentioned, I think this is the album that was released in June before we, you know, Ronnie mentioned this to us before the album was even out. Man, this is just a, (laughs) this is such a sunny, (laughs) cheerful album. It is uh, a bit of a change of pace for us. I'm not going to lie. I do love this album. It is, it is so fun and summery. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. I always say if you start off with some weather channel, I'm hooked. But just in general, like, yeah, it's a solid collection of just 16 summer jams. And it's really focused on that upbeat jam feel Mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing. It doesn't try to do any clever tone swaps on you. It doesn't try to lead you astray towards the back half or something. It is just awesome future funk. Yeah, future funk is a 
genre I really enjoy, but it's it's an odd one. I mean, in terms of a, a lot of influences. So Future Funk is essentially very disco uh, soul influenced vaporwave. Uh, so it's upbeat, it's cheerful. Now, most Future Funk is going to have a Japanese influence through Japanese city pop music and, you know, sampled from 80s, you know, Japanese pop music. Mm hmm. And this does not because it, yeah, it has the weather channel. It has like this kind of daytime TV feeling to it, like uh, from the 80s or 90s, early 90s, something like that. Like it just feels like NBC's giving, you know, Circus of the Stars daytime edition. You know, mm-hmm. like the thing about Future is, you know, growing up, I never really explored disco. Like I was never really exposed to it very much, except for, you know, the few uh, YMCA and those few other tracks that are played on all the movies and commercials and everything. Wedding hits. Yeah, wedding hits, but like disco was kind of like a taboo genre in the Midwest. It was very uncool and bad and uh, disco, uh, stay away from that. I sort of kept this attitude even as I started getting into like Daft Punk and house music, which is like, yeah. it wasn't until maybe like 10 years ago, I was like, wait a minute. I'm, but disco, house music is disco, but with, with different synthesizers. Wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> and then I started listening to disco more and like I realized that so much of pop music today owes so much to disco and soul music there's this whole thing and disco has been kind of like memory hold out of a lot of people's idea of what good music can be and future funk is sort of this kind of like oh you know people just picking up this music that's been neglected for decades and be like oh wow this is actually fun and good let's make music (laughs) out of we'll add some j-pop stuff you know just to get all the nerds into it and it's fascinating to see how the genre popped up but like i like disco now there's a lot of really cool fun disco reading up about how basically in the early 80s disco was essentially right after reagan got elected everyone's like no it's rock now disco's Mm -hmm. bad and just this reaction to the quote-unquote decadence of the 70s it's something that i wasn't really aware of until like not too long ago yeah it's one of those propaganda machines you just get embedded in as a kid Mm -hmm. For whatever yeah. reason and it's you stumble your way out later yeah <laughs> lies my music teacher told me oh no <laughs> it's just like oh wait this music that you thought you just said told me was bad and never listened to it and it was uncool and horrible and wait a minute it's like all this pop music that we're listening to now is highly derivative it's just re it's just rebranding disco in a lot of ways so but this album doesn't isn't just rebranded disco because it's uh, i mean Mm-mm. I mean, there's a bit of vaporwave in it because, again, we have the, the samples, the, the sort of plunder phonics base of it. Really love to know what else was sampled in this album. Yeah, it's a little it's a little new to be thoroughly picked through on who sampled mm-hmm. or something. But it's interesting. I think I agree. I In addition to disco and, and I, maybe this is all lumped together for you. There's so much just like 70s funk influence mm-hmm. throughout this in, in sort of like the keyboard synth and, and choices and, and voicings. Those big horn groups i associate mm-hmm. with sort of that funk era and then most importantly on one track there's i think it's really only one that i really noticed that there's those big swelling string arrangements mm-hmm. that i found out is called symphonic soul from the the 70s it was a big thing started by like james brown and the supremes and the temptations and all this to have these big uh, symphony inspired string arrangements in their songs. So I think all of those influences come together really well. Yeah. The, the sort of orchestration of it, of the strings um, and God and the horn section. Uh, I, I am a sucker for a good horn section in pretty much any album. Cause it gives it such a, 
chill vibe. I still think of this as a haunted album because, you know, we're haunted by this decade of forgotten music. Well, now anything that involves going outside seems, you know, to be an element of the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a something that we'll, we'll be forgotten about. Yeah, pop music is haunted by the, the influence of disco. And yeah, very few people even acknowledge it. You have to be kind of a nerd to even know. Like there was a, the sort of inciting incident was that uh, um, baseball game where everyone, I think it was like 1980, the fans were asked to bring in their disco records so they could blow them up. Oh no. In the middle of the field. It was a, a pretty big event. Disco Demolition Night, July 12th, 1979 at Komsky Park in Chicago. It was wild. So here's a, another bit from Extra Breezy. This is Tropical Smoothie. I think you're really insightful, Burke, when you said that this was very consistent as an album because it really maintains that energy throughout it. Certainly some of the albums we reviewed here and certainly a lot of the albums I've listened to in Vaporwave and even in Future Funk really do have a big shift around the middle half of the album. And very few albums really keep up the entire way. Like it's a lot of albums kind of get muddled. Yeah, I agree. And I was concerned because I was looking at the titles as I was listening and it's almost the titles almost lead you to believe. And I think you could buy this interpretation that there's some thematic sort of concept to this of waking up, checking the weather, Mm -hmm. going out and driving in your car and then chilling in in the evening. I think that's a vibe you could you could paint on this album. Mm -hmm. But when I saw that, I was very worried because a lot of these albums, people, they either run out of ideas for a genre, then they just start to include other tracks they made and, and piece it together. And this one doesn't. I you know when they talk about ocean drive i was like oh there's gonna be an outrun swing (laughs) in the middle and then the last one is like close to you and lost in thought oh those are gonna be like melancholy vaporwave Mm -hmm. slow songs and they're not the song is called lost in thought and it's still a fucking jam (laughs) i love it I, i was so consistently happy throughout the whole album that it was just yeah upbeat jams it stuck to its promise yeah no it really um i mean from the album cover to the the whole conception of it is just have a good time. Just fucking relax under a palm tree. Just sip your uh, margarita, um, your pina colada, and just fucking chill out. It's almost like lo-fi music in a lot of ways. I mean, it's more upbeat, but like, it's future funk, but like, you could put this on a lo-fi channel and like, people wouldn't notice, wouldn't think it's terribly out of place. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's sort of like bridging that gap a little bit. The thing that would stand most out from that, less than the, the instrumentation, is just the production's a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. It's a little crisper. Yeah. Than, yeah. than people would think of in lo-fi and it would stand out in that regard. That's a strength yeah. of this album. But I think Chill Hop and, and stuff is a, a great example of yeah. something that it's it's certainly adjacent to. Yeah, there's a bit of that static at some of the end of the tracks, you know, like you're listening on a record and the and the needles. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, I mean, yeah, I'd be I'd be really curious to see where he got the sources. Also, like, you know, there are some vocals, but they're very minor and just like kind of backing up the premise of the album yeah it's it's a jam so if you needed something a little upbeat something to get you through the day i think this is it it's uh i think a free download name your price always support your artists yeah 
Yeah, so uh, you will, of course, have a link in the album. But yeah, this is 48 minutes of music you would not regret. Yeah, no, I agree totally. This album is an absolute jam. There's not much more to say about it other than check it out. Moving on to our next album. So that was a bit from First Drag, the second track off the album Smoker's Lounge Deluxe by Transworld Airlines. And no, the podcast file is completely intact. That is just (laughs) what it sounds like in the best way possible. So this is another album that was uh, recommended to us by Ronnie, another St. Louis artist, Transworld Airlines. Yeah, we we usually do a little bit of an artist bio, but I can't I couldn't really find much about either of these. Um, mm-hmm. I think being I think if you're not Vectroid or George Clanton, it's hard to find a lot of interview material on somebody. But I did find a podcast from Private Suite, which is like a vaporwave magazine podcast interviewing uh, Transworld Airlines, where they talked about St. Louis vaporwave and doing online shows and that type of stuff. Full disclosure, I didn't get a chance to listen to it before recording, but. I'm going to give it a, a recommendation. I'm sure it's pretty good. You know, I think when you mentioned that about not being able to find out about the artists, I think there is sort of like there's already at the point where Vaporwave is now old enough, like it's, a, you know, eight to 12 years old, depending on when you mark the origin of it, that you can have these milestones in the career of a Vaporwave artist. And like one of the later ones is you actually get a human name. You're, you're popular enough <laughs> that people want to know who you really are because you I mean, just earlier today, like sent me a link to like a vinyl pressing of a uh, St. Pepsi uh, album. Yep. And then I was like, wait, that's that's a person's name. That, that That's a, a Skylar. Uh, what? What's going on here? <laughs> These new artists just haven't reached the level where people care enough for them to be like, what's this guy's what's this person's actual name? So <laughs> we care here. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to let us know, we care. Mm-hmm. Um, but but looking at this album, I think based on the fact that the first sample was called First Drag and the album name is Smoker's Lounge Deluxe, this is a smoking-themed album, mm-hmm. uh, at least in name. Just sort of interesting because I think that makes it haunted in its own right. There are other titles like Final Drag, Fresh Pack, Nicotine mm-hmm. Romance. This sort of connects to to movies a bit because we've been watching a lot of movies in quarantine. I find nothing more anachronistic these days than like mentioning smoking. And I don't mean the sense in like, oh, they're a badass or they're a villain and they smoke. And that's how, you know, they're a bad person. But like that very casual, everybody smokes, like even kids and stuff that that sort of smoking culture is already a relic of the past before you even get into the music. Yeah. Just any bit of business of like a character lighting up, asking for a lie. Yeah. The, all of that. I was actually rewatching a scene from uh, In the Mouth of Madness and they make a whole point of sam neal's character like smoking in the office when he gets his job and like the book editor like can you ugh, the smoking bothers me can you put that out and like holds out her coffee mug for him to put a cigarette <laughs> out of. like it's a whole bit of business in the scene well another thematic thing obviously like the artist goes by the name trans world airlines yeah and the Bandcamp page has a like a 30 second little video of the music 
some of the music from this album cut with a airline ad from like the 80s or 90s. Like, go to Los Angeles for only $238 or to San Francisco. It's also so, yes, smoking lounges in airports. So it's like this whole bygone era of cheap, easy travel. Again, Vaporwave is the future, you know, the lifestyle future we were promised we never will never get. Mm -hmm. Because travel, especially now, is no longer safe or cheap. It's a future we were not, we were promised and we'll never get. Yeah, and that airline theme really sticks with the whole thing. So I think on Twitter, their location is like St. Louis International Airport, <laughs> and I, I think everything is is airplane themed, which I I love because um, I, I I hated it when I was doing it a lot, but I kind of miss flying now. I used to fly several times a month for work, and now I haven't in five or six, and it's very weird. But yeah, so I think that sort of haunted ancient theming really does come through because like you said, this is a vaporwave album. Mm-hmm. It is a classic, classic vaporwave album. Uh, mm-hmm. You heard all that, that glitching in the beginning, very intrusive glitching too. I think you likened it to signal wave mm-hmm. almost because it's not just like, Oh, my tape is, is skipping. It's like, I'm changing channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic vaporwave, but there's a, there's a heavy signal wave influence in some tracks, especially like final drag is basically signal like i would expect that in infinity frequencies in terms of the looping the same part of music over and over again for for minutes mm-hmm. to kind of create a sort of a like a almost a hypnotic effect it's not a purist vaporwave that it only uses specific techniques but it's it's drawing from several sort of subgenres and i it's definitely works in here because again it's that sort of eerie you're safe but you're not the dissonance yeah, and that that real harsh uh, signal wave t- style glitching is really only in first and final drag, kind of the de facto first and last tracks, not technically true, but in some sense they are. So there's almost like this theming of glitching into and out of either oh, the, yeah. the state or mm-hmm. engaging with like an addictive process and like, oh, now I've taken my first drag and I'm... I'm satisfied because there's sort of also that because you can be in a situation where you can't smoke and then, oh, you know, I got an hour to my next flight. I guess I'll just rush off and smoke because I didn't get to smoke that whole last flight or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, like this, yeah. There's like this relief transition into like mm-hmm. an addiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I think it also passes through in the sampling because there's a lot of like 80s R&B samples. And I was able mm-hmm. to identify a few of them because they're the two in the middle and the dis- vocals are not so distorted that I couldn't make them out and Google them mm-hmm. and figure out what the, the original is, especially the track uh, Nicotine Romance, because it's not even a sample. It almost feels more like a cover of the song. It almost uses it, what feels like the whole song in a sense, because the song itself is, is repetitive and it's, mm-hmm. it's not literally a cover, but it feels like also more than a sample. So there's this feeling of like, oh, now I'm smoking and I have that addictive pressure behind me and there's like some clarity and then you're chill through the second half and then you glitch back out of it and have to go back and get on your plane. Wow. Yeah. And you're in this liminal space, like you're in a smoke mm-hmm. lounge, you know, and maybe you are, there's someone across the, the aisle from you in this lounge that you're flirting with, or you think you're flirting with through the haze of a uh, uh, cigarette smoke. Yeah. A pleasant fantasy. Yeah. Because it gets real chill too, sort of in the back half. So I'm going to play a, a sample that sort of shows what it feels like.
that was a little bit from track eight off this album, which is, according to Google Translate, artificial breeze, parentheses, sometimes dusky. This is sort of after all of the R&B samples have kind of faded, and this is much more in the classic vaporwave sense of a lot of reverb and distortion and pitch shifting and really mangling things kind of beyond recognition. God, man, I like this album more that now that you sort of like, God, you really did decipher the sort of thematic storytelling behind it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, of course, I, I didn't meditate upon this as closely as I did Extra Breezy because I was just thinking about Future Funk. But yeah, no, I really like the storytelling. So I pulled up the SoundCloud page. We didn't really mention SoundCloud, but that's obviously a lot of vaporwave artists are on SoundCloud. In fact, some are only on SoundCloud. Transworld Airline has a little description about them, and it's Airport Lobby Funk. Okay. Uh, yeah, by the way, Mallsoft is, I think, another influence in this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trapped in a cubicle? Stuck in traffic? Need to get away? Lift off with TWA. Transworld Airlines is about more than music. It's about kicking back and relaxing as we take you to cruising altitudes. Fly away to a time and place that was and never was to the land of digitally decayed Polaroids and beyond. We hope you enjoy your time traveling with us. And thanks for flying Transworld Airlines. I love it. Yeah. Uh, The first time I listened to this album, I was listening to it late at night. And I was like, wow, this is a really long album. It's like 90 minutes. Uh, And it wasn't until (laughs) like my second listen that I realized, wait a minute. They just repeated the goddamn album. It's just there's a, a track 14 and 15 or side A and side B. And that's literally the, like the first half of the album and the second half of the album. Mm-hmm. has long tracks, which is both, uh, OK, clever, but also a bit. Um, mm, you bamboozled me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like that, but I don't know. It's. How how much do you commit to the bit of being like, uh, cassettes, remember those? I, I love it. I love yeah. cassettes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's all just on there the way stuff is organized in mm-hmm. Bandcamp, and they just want to make all of that available with the one purchase. Mm-hmm. Because there's also two bonus tracks, which I don't have a lot to say. I think they're so different from the rest of the album that they're... They're cool little upbeat songs, but they don't really fit in with the theming of the rest Mm -hmm. of the album. Uh, So I'm really focusing kind of on the 11 11 Mm -hmm. primary tracks. But I I don't mind it. I noticed that as soon as I I was looking at it on Bandcamp, I guess I didn't get bamboozled because I saw side A 22, almost 23 minutes and figured it out. I've seen some vaporwave artists will add like, uh, you know, they'll have some tracks and then there'll be like a 10 to 20 minute track. And that's just Mm -hmm. like another another thing. Like I've seen that before, but I have not seen it like repeating the same album twice. (laughs) I mean, I was listening. The thing is, I was just listening to it. I wasn't really paying attention to it. I just, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a more chill album than Extra Breeze. But if you want kind of a mall soft vibe, but a little more sophisticated, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. It definitely is Mossoft because I do think there's some music that feels like it's recreating being in a lounge. Mm-hmm. So after the previous sample, it kicks into this Platinum Cigar Club track, which really does sound like an ad jingle. And I mean that as a compliment, mm-hmm. but it does sound like something I would see under a video package of like, mm-hmm. join Premium Cigar Club if you're in the Smokers Lounge, <laughs> you know, where this is our targeted advertising. I'd really like to see the who sampled for this, like for all the Plunderphonic sources. 
uh, not like the R&B song so much as like what ads did they pull from? What uh, airline promotional videos did this artist find and like uh, source from? The, the Some of the the digging through, you know, the music archaeology is sometimes more fascinating than the music itself, uh, at least for me. So, yeah, I hope at some point we find out because uh, I, I would be interested in that scene. Like, aha, it's from that thing. That super obscure thing that's been copied onto YouTube. Oh, yeah, you'd find it's it's some weird I mean, I've been weird, but a whiskey ad or perfume or whatever. Or like an instructional video. Like mm. there's all these genres. Um, if you're ever curious, like, for example, uh, there's people found these these VHS instructional tapes for fast food restaurants and other companies that have been like digitized and put up on YouTube. So like Pizza Hut training videos from like 1985. Yep. And they've got their own they've got their own beats. They've got sometimes raps. <laughs> it's wild, man. I would suspect that Transworld Airlines has found some sort of source of these airline videos and is uh, plundering them for our benefit. That's interesting. Might have to poke around on YouTube one night after movies mm-hmm. and just see what weird airline instructional tapes we can find. Oh, yeah. Because you're right. It is always like fast food focused, I think, because for me, fast food has kind of the weirdest dissonance between what they expect out of their workers and what the reality of the job is. Oh yeah. Also more people have been exposed to fast food work than totally practically. anything. Definitely. If you need some more mall soft, that isn't a mall, but that same kind of vibe, this is definitely a listen. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of fun stuff in here. A lot of fun production. I really did like a lot of the eighties R and B samples, even though we didn't talk about them as much. I think that's maybe pulled from a little bit less. In, in Vaporwave, sort of that era. Yeah. So I appreciate it trying for new sources. Well, is there anything else you want to say about them? I mean, yeah, they, they are. You're right. R&B is not nearly used as much as like, again, disco or soul is for Future Funk. Yeah, it was sort of interesting because I had not heard of either of these songs. And that could just be my own ignorance of the genre, uh, especially because one of the other bands was Grammy nominated. So they're not nobodies. Mm-hmm. but they're definitely not the radio hits I, I think of. So one oh, okay. was on track five was surface closer than friends. And another one was on track six after seven ready or not, which uh, may have been also a cover or covered. So they might be bigger songs than I realized, but they're not overly obvious like Fleetwood Mac and, and stuff, which I appreciated. Yeah. sounds more like for the R and B fans, not like, the casuals like we are. Oh, yeah, I'm a casual, talk. it's true. <laughs> for listening we hope you're encouraged to go out and start exploring vaporwave or dark ambient whatever genre of music you're most into and find something new on your own if you find something really great uh maybe let us know on social media so we can have a talk about it so next episode we are going to be diving into dream catalog dream catalog is a music label for Vaporwave, although the publisher owner of dream catalog is hong kong express who does not like the term vaporwave as as I understand it, uh, prefers to call music that we would categorize as vaporwave as dream punk. There's a lot of albums on there, including Telepath. Telepath is represented on there, but also the collaborations between Hong Kong Express and Telepath. This is 
2814. One of the biggest Vaporwave albums of all time, Birth of a New Day, is a 2814 album. But they have a lot of albums on Dream Catalog. So uh, Burke and I are going to explore that, talk about, you know, Dream Catalog as an entity. Who knows what we'll find? So we're also, again, still working on our Patreon. Our first bonus episode is going to be talking about Synthwave. So we will want to have it ready at launch. So we're trying to get that up first. And then, of course, when we launch the Patreon, you'll all be among the first to know. Of course, you should follow us on Twitter or Facebook or both. Of course, we are at Night Clerk Radio on Twitter. And I am at Ross Payton on Twitter. Burke, you are? I am at Burke McBurkinson. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcasting app of your choice. And please tell your friends, if you, especially if you like this episode, and keep on listening to Haunted Music. We'll talk to you next time. 